better economics for solar and wind and storage, I think are all pushing things in the right direction. But how we get there feels more and more challenging. Solar power is now the cheapest energy in history. That's according to a report by the International Energy Agency. The IEA says new utility-scale solar projects now cost an average of around $40 per megawatt hour, and that's roughly half the price of coal and natural gas projects. So what does this mean for our future energy mix, utility bills, and for climate progress? Gabe Chan focuses on energy as an associate professor at the University of Minnesota's Humphrey School of Public Affairs. Hey, Gabe, welcome back to ClimateCast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Let me just say this again. Solar energy is now the cheapest energy in history. That seems like a huge milestone in energy progress. How should we look at this in the perspective of renewable energy progress in the past 20 years or so? It is a really incredible achievement that has a lot to do with really understanding the science of solar energy and photovoltaic conversion a lot better. Also manufacturing, scaling up global supply chains, and then really thinking about the deployment side. How do we actually get new projects going? So all those combined have led to, uh, as you were saying, the cheapest uh, energy generation source in history. And it's incredible that these new solar projects are now roughly half the cost globally of coal and gas. How is that factoring into the energy mix going forward? In just the uh, last year, we've seen uh, 65 gigawatts total growth accumulatively in the United States, with a lot of growth happening in new states. Texas will be leading solar energy deployment next year. The Mid-Atlantic, the Southeast, and here in the Midwest, we're seeing a lot of uh, increases in solar deployment. And it will be about half of all new capacity added uh, in 2022 and 2023. How much can the cost efficiency of wind and solar translate into lower utility bills for us as homeowners? When you consume electricity, you're connecting into one of the largest engineering systems uh, in the history of humankind. And when new solar deployments added into the grid, it's like dropping an additional you know, bucket of water into a big bathtub. And so in order to think about what's the actual bill impact for you, you have to think about all the other generation resources that are out there. And so while that we are starting to see some of these decreases in actual bills, one of the big challenges is that we're also seeing big increases in natural gas prices that will help well, raise people's bills. And we're going to need to build a lot more infrastructure of poles and wires to deliver electricity. And so all that's going to have a bit of a countervailing force on bills. And in fact, in most places, we're seeing electric bills staying flat or even increasing despite large increases of, as you said, the cheapest form of energy in history. Gabe, you work in this space. We've come so far in 20 years. What's your assessment on where we are and where we'll be with electricity generation and that mix in the next 25 years? Better economics for solar and wind and storage, I think are all pushing things in the right direction. But how we get there feels more and more challenging with each passing day. You know, Right now, the solar industry is going through some real tumult with uh, legal cases having to do with trade policy that are delaying hundreds of projects across the country. Uh, the market rules in our wholesale markets, those are still evolving to be, better be able to accommodate distributed resources like local solar and storage. How all of this comes together 
as the overall long run economic shape this picture for us, I think that to me is where I feel there's a lot of work to be done. Gabe Chan with the University of Minnesota's Humphrey School of Public Affairs. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. That's ClimateCast. I'm NPR Chief Meteorologist Paul Hutner.